Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Hi, everyone. It's Rebecca. You're listening to Superwomen. Today's guest is a dear friend of mine, Jennifer De Silva. She is the president of Berlin Cameron. And we have been working together for a long time, getting each other on panels, throwing wonderful women's dinners together in a sea of male-dominated media industry events. We pass the baton. You know, we really work hard to elevate each other, get each other in the right rooms. And I'm so happy to have had this intimate conversation with her. So take a listen. I'm with Jennifer De Silva, the president of Berlin Cameron. Thank you for joining me. Thank you so much for having me, Rebecca. I am honored to be here. So we go way back. I think we're the definition of helping each other out because uh, I feel like since we met, it's been opportunity after opportunity us wheeling and dealing to get on panels or go to can together, write articles for me that then I repost. <laughs> <laughs> I want to start with what is Berlin Cameron for those people not in the know of, of the advertising world? Berlin Cameron is a creative agency within WPP. We've been around for 20 plus years uh, connecting brands to culture and working with clients like Coke and Samsung and Heineken and Vitamin Water is one of our famous success stories. We've been working with Capital One for about eight years. And recently we've started a new division called Girl Brands Do It Better, where we help uh, connect and empower female founders through creativity. And I'm, I'm loving it. It's really my passion project and my side hustle at the agency is is helping um, female founders and build their story and build their brands. Awesome. And so you've been at Berlin Cameron for 15 years. Yes. Will you tell us how you got there and your path leading up to it? I actually started my career, funnily enough, at a group called the Intuition Group, which is a marketing group to women at JWT, which is a WPP-owned agency. And I loved it. I liked thinking about the insights, about how women spend. I liked um, understanding how to speak to them differently. And unfortunately, the group was disbanded right before I started. So I ended up going directly into JWT. But I always saw that as a passion point of mine. And I and I really loved WPP and the fact that you got to work with so many different agencies within the family and collaborate so much. And I think that's always just been something that I'm really passionate about is connecting and collaborating. And I joined Berlin Cameron to work on the Coke account. And one of the things that I loved about working there is it's so entrepreneurial. It is what you make it. And that's why I've stayed for 15 years is if I'm not happy in the current situation that I'm in, then I find something else kind of to put my, wrap my brain around or get passionate about. And now I have the opportunity to really grow it and build it and build a culture that people are excited to be a part of. And, and I'm really excited about that. And so just also, what does WPP stand for? 
Or what is it? It stands for (laughs) Wire Plastic Products. And it was founded, oh God, I don't know the year it was founded, but it was founded by Martin Sorrell, who's no longer with the company, but it's a conglomeration. It's one of the biggest holding companies in the world, I think, if not the biggest. And it owns the biggest agencies around and then Group M Media, which is uh, one of the biggest media buying companies. Gotcha. Okay. And so I want to know, what is Girl Brands Do It Better? Because that's the part I'm very excited about. It is our division that is helping female founders. Uh, we help connect them, not only within WPP, but you know, to any to each other sometimes, uh, and to other opportunities. And we've been working with founders where we uh, reduce our cash fees to be able to help them. We do their branding. Sometimes we create uh, content for them. Sometimes we do campaigns. We recently had a success story in Chromat, Architectural Swimwear, and we launched a campaign for them about reinventing the pool rules. And so, you know, not thinking about no running at the pool, but instead cellulite allowed and um, very interesting rules that were about diversity and inclusion, and it went viral. We got covered in over 55 publications. Um, they picked up the the campaign. Um, we are about to go into paid media today, so really exciting stuff. But I love helping the founders and working directly with the CEO. Um, you get such a connection there that you almost become their CMO and are really a part of this company and seeing it grow and, and seeing the connections that you're giving them work and and I'm really enjoying it. And I think that we are too. And seeing the creatives just get really excited about the work and how we're helping these women. So in today's day and age, um, you hear about the word collaboration a lot. And then sometimes I feel like most definitely in fashion, you get competition. Mm-hmm. It's not about collaboration, but you've been really on the forefront of at least my mind um, in how you collaborate, not just with founders and women, but also other companies, other brands. Can you talk about your approach to that and why you're sort of one of a few that does it that way? (laughs) No pressure. (laughs) Well, I think actually to use your words, we're better together. And if we're able to collaborate and pull something off amazing together, that's a success story. And even if you're competing, because, you know, our industry, we're competing against so many different people. We're competing against brands themselves that are pulling their creative in-house. And I think that if you can show clients how you can collaborate with their internal divisions and or other agencies, it's going to make you stronger as an agency. And I've just seen that through my years of working in the industry. And then I see the power of the collaborations happening, you know, on a personal level. And you see, you know, business coming out of that and really fruitful connections. And I I was really inspired by Charlotte Beers and Cannes. And um, she said, it's not about collaborating. It's about colliding because you see more impact from how you're coming together. And I think that there's such beauty in it. And I think there's also something when there's no money being exchanged. And then you don't, you get to a more beautiful, inspired collaboration because you're just able to mutually help each other in in a really inspired way. Yeah. Do you have a story of when you saw collaboration go well? Um, so, so many. I mean, I think you and I are a great example of that. I mean, we met fairly randomly over a female founder that was a part of Girl Brands Do It Better. And, you know, we just, we sparked, we collided. And, you know, as such, we found ways to help each other. And I think that that is the power of collaboration is when you see something in a person that you want to help. And when you're able to mutually help each other, 
I think that that is the best way. And, you know, what the work that we did with Chromat, actually, they they won a pitch competition for us. So there was no money being exchanged, but we found partners to cl- help collaborate with them on the project. And I think that the it made the project so much more special in the end because we were all working to the same goal and not having that, like the money risk on the line for the founder. She also allowed the creative reins to be released and the work as such. I mean, she's also amazing and very progressive, um, but the work to be really special. I find the thing you say about money to be so true because anytime, again, money hasn't been involved in a project, it just... It flows and it goes. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes if money is involved, if it's, well, we've never had the problem of having too much money in a project. We've only had <laughs> too little. But then when you do have so little and if it doesn't come out right, you're like, oh, we spent all this money that we didn't have. And then this happened. But if you didn't have it, it would have been fine. It would have been like, that was great. With we, we did it for nothing. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think... I mean, sometimes I find collaborating with someone and connecting them and and helping them to make money, it being so much more rewarding in the end, like helping to find a sponsor for something for you to connect you in the right way. You know, I love that feeling and I don't need to be paid for it. I just like the feeling that that I was able to help someone. Yeah. And so from what you've seen, what are some of the ingredients that would make collaboration or colliding fail? I think when... There's a person that has an alternate agenda. And when your agendas aren't aligned from the beginning, I mean, I don't think you and I ever discussed, like, this is our plan together. But I think we also saw, like, that each other's power and the ability to kind of walk forward in in a parallel path. But if you don't set up those expectations from the beginning, then I think it can go wrong because, you know, might end up having a difficult conversation down the line. Totally. So you've done... Tons and tons and tons of research and surveys on Gen Z. I'm a millennial. (laughs) I'm not. (laughs) (laughs) So what are some of the unique characteristics you see coming out of Gen Z that are interesting, especially, you know, female entrepreneurs entering the space, you know, as they're becoming of age? I am so impressed with this generation. I'm so bullish that they're our future and that they're coming into the workforce now. Uh, we just did a study called Her Gen Z World, and it was with Girl Up and BAV, another WPP company. And we had the girls' input into on the survey, which I thought was a great way to do it because we were asking them what we should hear from them. And one of the biggest topics that we missed was mental health and they said, you know, why aren't you asking us this as a topic? And we we found from them that 70% want to have a more open dialogue about mental health, that 70% of them feel that their lives, that they were put on the world to make a difference, which I just, I think is so impactful that they feel like they're here to change something. And this generation is what's coming in and what's going to help us really get there. I think from a corporate perspective that we really, it's not just about giving them a seat at the table, but it's also about giving them a mic and listening to what they're saying and really trying to implement some of the things that they're asking us to do to change, because I think that this is really important. One of the things I've noticed from even Gen X to millennials is I feel like Gen X, you just got to bring your work self to work, right? Uh, With millennials, you see a little bit of this more multidimensional nature of like you can bring more of yourself to work and express who you are and your passions and your personal interests. 
Do you feel that with Gen Z, that's even more so and that the day, the workday as we know it or how traditional work is set up has to change in order to accommodate like the all of someone? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's not about work-life balance is so Gen X is <laughs> my generation. It's really about work-life integration and really helping them to put those pieces together and see how their work can be part of their life's passion. And I think inspiring them is really going to help them to do that and giving them a voice and and allowing them to one of the th- allowing them to be themselves at work. I find is so important. One of the other things I've done a lot of research about is vulnerability and leadership and bringing your full self to the table so that the people who work for you feel that they too can do the same. And I think that's really important as a leader, especially in this day and age, to really allow yourself to be vulnerable at times in front of them. Yeah. In our company manifesto, we have, uh, you can be many things, right? You can be vulnerable and whatever the opposite of that is, or selfish and selfless. Like Mm -hmm. we are so multifaceted that we're actually better when we can show all that versus Mm -hmm. I'm just one thing and I can only be, you know, the the cog in the wheel, you know? Right. So what would you say to those women who are looking to start a business or have begun one? What advice would you have for them? Knowing what you know about girl brands do it better and the companies you've seen rise through that. Yeah. I think actually one of the things is allow yourself to be vulnerable and allow yourself to share your full story and really think about your passion as you're going into this, because linking your story to your brand is only going to make it way more powerful. And you talk about your success story about building your business and your sixth floor walk up, and that makes the story of Rebecca Minkoff so interesting, and you know you want to be a part of it. Um, so I think that that's, that's one key thing, really honing in on what that story is. And then secondly, I think it's not striving for perfection. It's just allowing yourself to make mistakes and and test and learn, you know, taking a few steps forward and taking a few steps back. I think if you can do that, you're going to get to results much faster and yeah, you're going to fail, but you can start up something new right then thereafter. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care and we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Someone once told me that um, women fail faster and harder 
maybe this is not true. And men fail slower. And but if you fail fast and you fail hard, mm-hmm. you, you actually have more time to pick up the pieces, figure it out, be like, oh, this is what I did wrong, mm-hmm. and now I'm going to fix it. Versus like a long, drawn out failure that maybe yeah. you don't even want to admit. I don't know if that's true. That was just I thought what it someone was like told the me. other other way, other way around. Yeah, because oh. well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, because women are so worried about striving for perfection right. that it takes them like longer. much longer, and they're like thinking through everything. And, right. Um, Okay, I, I don't know. Don't you might listen be right. to whoever whoever told me that you're wrong. It's the other way around. No, I'm just I'm thinking of uh, Rishma um, from Girls Who Code and the whole brave, not perfect, and right. that how girls are taught in school to be perfect and boys are taught to be brave and take those risks. Mm-hmm. And girls often aren't taking the risks because they're so scared of what might happen and what happens if they do fail right. and what are people going to think if I do. And if we kind of take all of that away and you know just think I'm going to try it and who cares is what happens if I do, I'm going to learn something from it. I think that's when, you know, you're going to have more of a success or at least you're going to learn from your failures. Totally. So I'm assuming you have men who work at Berlin Cameron. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So how do you, as, you know, the leader of the team um, interface or, you know, what is the dynamics between the male and the female and the team building there being that you having the role, sadly, is you're in thin air, mm-hmm. right? Being that you're a woman president of an advertising mm-hmm. firm. Yeah, I I think that diversity, though, in terms of thought is one of the most important things to do to build a business. And so we need men and totally. we need women and we need diversity of all races and types of people because that's when you're going to get to the best thoughts. And actually, uh, I built Girl Brands Do It Better with a creative director who's a male. His name is Michael Milligan, and he's done a lot of the branding work that we've done for female founders. And he has been really inspiring to me to see he has a daughter, and it's one of the reasons why he's become so passionate about this project. And so when you're able to see a guy that's able to be a part of this conversation and step right into it instead of stepping away from it, uh, that has been really inspiring for me and it makes the job so much easier. So one thing you and I have both talked a lot about is being vulnerable. Um, a lot of people do see it as a weakness. I'm sh- I'm shocked that people are shocked when I overshare, mm-hmm. right, about vulnerable things. I'm mm-hmm. like, why is that so shocking that... I don't know, whatever, whatever my most shocking thing is. <laughs> How would you advise people to become more vulnerable in the workplace if you feel like you can give advice to that? I I think hmm, I, it's funny. Like, sometimes when I'm at, I was at a dinner last night and I felt like I said a couple of things where I was like, ooh, like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you have this moment where you're like, I wish I didn't say that. What did they think? Did they get, you know, what was it the wrong thing to say? But in the one of my firm beliefs is that you need to be shamelessly you, right? And no matter if you're at work or you're at home or with a f- dinner with your girlfriends, like you should bring your full self to the table and allow yourself to be you. And are you going to kind of make missteps? Sure. But does anyone notice them as much as you? No. No one does. No. Uh, except for one man who will never talk to me again because... <laughs> He started a direct-to-consumer underwear brand, and we were at this dinner, this prestigious dinner uh, that's hosted by this university of, like, thinkers, Mm -hmm. and he only has men's underwear, and I guess he was thinking about getting into female lingerie, and he was like, so tell me, Rebecca, not in a weird way, but, like, what kind of underwear do you wear? I was like... (laughs) 
Well, I wear boy shorts because once your vagina's been blown open by a baby, <laughs> you just want to feel hugged all the time down there. And he <laughs> he looked at me like he he didn't even know what to say. He like basically turned white, and to this day he won't look me in the eye. But I stand by what you say. I, which I didn't, don't you know? think that was that bad at all. And I totally agree. Uh, I'm wearing boy shorts right now. <laughs> So, yes, be loud, be proud, right? Totally. My husband sometimes calls it, I'm a professional foot in my mouth type of gal. (laughs) I I told him my husband so agrees with your husband on that. But to me, he (laughs) always says that I am putting my mouth in it. And... But I think in the end, he actually really appreciates it. And sometimes it provides a nice sense of humor and uh, ability to... You need that break. Yeah. My dad is definitely, he does that. And I think having that in my life and actually kind of seeing him like go through it as a kid, I, and he, he kind of made it, it bothered him a little bit, but I always loved it about him so much that he had no filter that I think it's kind of what shaped me into who I am today. And, and I, I like that. I hope he knows that. (laughs) (laughs) One of the things that I want to talk more about and that I, that I speak about, I feel like as often as I can, is more women helping women and that it doesn't have to be a competition, that there's enough for everybody. Mm -hmm. And also there are many women that have shaped us, that have allowed us or helped us. So who are some of the women that have either helped shape you or helped you get to where you are today? There are so many women that have. One of them is um, Lisa's son, and she built a business called Gravitas and is a business that we worked with on Girl Brands. And she allowed me to see myself in a different way. She has this ability to pull out confidence in people and she does it's really beautiful in that sometimes she dresses them to make them feel more confidence, but it's also in her words and she'll ask you what your superpower is and like make you actually give her a legitimate one. So there's something beautiful in that client agency relationship that I got out of it and I actually changed my whole person based on it. And a lot of what I do in public speaking has come out of that. So I really am thankful for her in that way. Another just a couple was uh, Claudia Rose at the Intuition Group. She saw something in me, allowed me to present to clients when I was like 20, I don't even, 20 years old, and put me out there at such a young age. And I think that's important, allowing people to do trial by fire and really pushing them to, you know, go beyond where they are, they're comfortable with and allowing them to maybe fail, but, you know, being having their back and, and being with them when they do. And there have been so many people uh, that, there's another uh, girl at my work, actually, uh, Tina, and she works on my team. And she's just inspired me to see the culture of the workplace and really like recognize where there might be issues. And I've used her as a mentor. And I think that that you d- a mentor does not have to be someone that's making a lot more money than you or, you know, older than you. It can be anyone at any age that is giving you, you know, valuable advice. Um, But I think that one of the most important things about mentorship is that it's a two-way street, that you are helping that person as much as they are helping you, and you're recognizing their superpower as well. And and I think making that connection with your mentor instead of just kind of taking from them. Right. I always, I tell people, don't go for the CEO of the company who's probably so busy, you know, they Mm -hmm. have 10 minutes, go for the person right above you or the person next to you who has the job that you know nothing about. Because I learn more that way than, oh, I need to go to the busiest person in the entire world and I need them to give me the platter of success. Yeah. 
and then it didn't happen and I'm devastated. Yeah, absolutely. Actually, there's one more, my fifth grade teacher who became my like third grandmother and she, I was kind of nerdy and in school. And uh, I didn't, I had friends, but she recognized something in me and would kind of spend extra time with me after school. And sometimes she would even like take me places and, and really help me to get, see like who I was and feel confident in myself. And so I think she's still very much a part of my life. And, you know, we, I visit her every single time I go home and having someone like that, that you carry through the years and knows your history, I think is also very important. And this brings me to my next question, which is your support circle. So to be able to do what we do, um, I wish I could have like the bubbles around my head of all the people that, you know, my husband, the other mother, which is the nanny. Mm, So uh, true. The hair and makeup people that make me look like I've slept. (laughs) <laughs> um, who's your support circle? I, I mean, honestly, the my husband's definitely one huge one for me. He really makes the working late very possible and the travel um, and the nanny. I mean, I don't know she, what we would do without her. She just went on vacation and it was like, oh, my God, every day I was like, when will she be back? I, <laughs> I can barely stand it anymore. But those people are like in my closest circle. My parents are, and my mother-in-law, I'm also are very much a part of my support system. And, Props and wonderful. to the mom-in-law. You never hear that. I know. I love her. She's awesome um, and always loves spending time with us and the kids and always made me feel like the daughter that she's never had. So I'm very, very lucky in that way. But my my best friend since the third grade is also one of those huge support people that you take your picture and say, is, it, is this outfit okay? You know, she lives in London, not even here, but she'll write back right away. Oh, no, change the shoes. And, you know, having that closeness with someone, um, I think, is so special and on in all aspects of our life. So we make lots of sacrifices um, being an entrepreneur, you know, running a business. Some of those sacrifices are sleep or for me, it's lack of hanging out with my girlfriends as long as much as I would like to. Um, What are some of the sacrifices you've had to make? two things that I used to feel like I was amazing at and now I don't feel like I'm performing very well at. And one was being an aunt. And I don't have any sisters and brothers, but my cousin has a bunch of kids and I used to be the most amazing like faux aunt to them, always visiting them and so much a part of their family. And then once you have your own kids, you just like, I can't give as much. And that's so hard for me. The second one is being a friend. I was a great best friend. It's <laughs> so great. And now I I don't feel like I'm as good as I was. And there it's so sad because I want to be there in all aspects. The yes girl that's there for them all the time at every dinner or everything. And you just can't. No. That's, I think, the hardest part. I agree with you. That's where I'm losing too. Yeah. So the last question I'd like to ask everyone, because part of uh, my brand mission is women obviously supporting other women, do you have any last words of advice that someone who's listening can take on their day and change change something about themselves or their life? No pressure. <laughs> I think it's easier than you think to make a change. You can, if there's something that's bothering you about your life, like there was a year that I decided that I was going to reconnect with a bunch of people who I hadn't been connected with. And I spent a couple months reaching out and having coffees with people and doing that. And it, it, was so nice. It made, it brought like a fullness back to my life that I was missing. It helped me with work connections. So, you know, don't 
think that change is so hard. Like, don't strive for perfection again. Like, just try to make little bits and tiny triumphs on the way to that change. Awesome. Jen De Silva, thank you. Thank you. Thank, thank you. Thank you. I love you. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> that was Jen De Silva on Superwomen. If you want to know more about Berlin Cameron, LLC, or any of her companies, Girl Brands Do It Better, you can go to Berlin Cameron and check it out. So we have some really exciting changes here at the podcast. We recently switched to Anchor. And what they can do is you can actually send me a voice message that I can hear. So if you go to anchor.fm forward slash superwomen forward slash messages, you can leave me a voicemail up to a minute long. I'll listen to it. I want your feedback, your criticisms, whatever you want to say, how your day is going. And I will take a listen and hopefully shape the following episodes from what you're telling me. So I wanted to read some more reviews. This is one of my favorite parts, going into review land. This one is from Kamar. Great inspo, but lacking diversity. I love listening to this podcast, and Rebecca is a really great interviewer. Every episode feels like a conversation between like-minded women and provides valuable advice for women who want to start their own businesses. However, I have one issue. Not taking anything away from the successful women that have been interviewed thus far, it would be really valuable to hear from more women of color on this podcast. Wealthy white women from the Upper East Side who have turned their ideas into businesses are admirable and deserve recognition, but mostly interviewing these types of women makes this podcast lack an intersectional perspective that I feel would elevate the content and make this podcast more relatable. I hope this is taken into consideration in the future. Thank you so much for sharing. It is definitely one of my number one priorities to ensure that this podcast hears from all kinds of women. And I can safely say that probably 10 of these women are the only ones from the Upper East Side. And I work really hard to show all facets of women from all over the place. And I will definitely, definitely be adding more women of color to this podcast. And I'm proud of the ones that have already done it. And there are more to come. But thank you for your honesty. The next review is from Yakimbo. I love that name. I listen to dozens and dozens of podcasts. This is one of the only ones where it feels authentic and informative and inspiring. Rebecca asks thoughtful questions and engages her guests and then does something so few other podcast hosts ever do. She listens. It's lovely. It creates a dialogue where the guest gets to really open up and beautiful conversations ensue. It's like sitting down with inspiring girlfriends. Thank you, Rebecca. Wow, I love this one. This one really, um, thanks. I'm going to cry. I teared up a little bit. Thanks for listening to Superwomen and tune in next week.